Hi, friends. I'm Stephanie Leedy, Director of Children's and Family Ministries at Stonebridge Community Church, and this is Stonebridge Parents. The Stonebridge Parents podcast is dedicated to having real, honest conversations with members of our community. We have some amazing episodes, moments, and parenting insights for you to hear. Welcome to Stonebridge Parents Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Stonebridge Parents. Um, Last week's episode was an emotional one. I spoke um, about my experience with postpartum depression, and this week we're going to continue that conversation. I've got Pastor Jonathan with me. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's got some questions about my experience and um, some postpartum depression issues. So I'm going to kick it to you, Pastor Jonathan. So now it's been like Tommy. How old's Tommy? Tommy's five. And how old is Caleb? Caleb is eighteen months. Eighteen months. So uh, time has gone under the bridge, mm-hmm. and you've had this opportunity to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you spent a lot of time thinking it through it and and knuckling down and actually writing it out a bit. Was that therapeutic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you come out of that fog and you just move on and life is busy. And so you don't really think about it after it's happened. Um, you don't you don't want to go back and, and life moves on to go back and really think about it and think about that time, particularly um, leading up to Caleb's birth um, prior to, to all of this. I was nervous about having Caleb and experiencing it again. Thankfully, I didn't. I think part of that just had to do with being a second-time mom and kind of knowing, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just how things are for a little while um, and accepting more of the of the struggles that come with that time. So having a second child was therapeutic. Oh, it, yeah. You, you gave yourself more grace with yourself. Yes. To just go, okay, this is part of the – we're in for a few months of just not sleeping and we're eating what we're eating and the house looks how it looks and that's okay. There was mm-hmm. a lot more grace uh, the the second time around. And then this process of writing it out, it was therapeutic. It was emotional and it um, I could still feel the pain. I can I can almost just like snap right back into it when I think about it. Not the depression. But the heaviness of that time. And so to think about it and to to recognize like, oh, yeah, I was depressed and it was a mental health issue. And knowing what I know now to find resources would be easier, I think, and to ask for help would be easier. But I'm really proud of myself for getting out of it. I'm proud of um, the mom that I am. I think I'm a really good mom to Tommy. I think God specifically made me to be his mommy and Caleb's mommy. And so um, even though those first few months were hard, I think there was blessing in it just to be able to recognize um, the struggles that moms go through. That episode Mm -hmm. just generated for me a lot of questions, and it caused me to want to know more. And I think that part that's based on a lot of things. One is it's a topic that I'm not f- fully familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I think 
in general, I think men may not know about uh, what would we call this? Just would we call it a women's issue? Well, I think men can experience it as in as well in a different way. Like dads can also have postpartum anxiety. I think it leads more towards. And I'm not a medical professional, but I did read a little bit about did that. Did you? Yeah. What um, did it say? Say a little more because it's it's all news to me. Well, it just said that after birth, it might not be a hormonal change, a physiological change, but there are it's a huge life change, obviously. And your wife is experiencing all these things and is physically disabled for a time. And you may or may not be going back to work. And so your life is all of a sudden, especially with your first, <laughs> in chaos. And you're trying to deal with this little person who you don't know. Um, and you're learning all these new things. And so it can definitely cause anxiety in men. It can cause depression. Um, it can cause all sorts of mental health issues from the father's side as well. So I don't think it's just a woman's issue. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've heard it said that women essentially feel like take on the role of motherhood when they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I've I've also heard it said that like men take on the role of fatherhood when the baby's actually born. Right. So maybe that's a little about what you're talking yeah. about in terms of like the moment that baby's born, then then the father in in the situation starts Assumes to take on this, this responsibility. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, all of a sudden you you're holding this 8-pound right. like baby. It's a, sh- a shock to the to <laughs> It's a shock to the system. System, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so that's interesting. Um, but I wouldn't have played that out in my own experience as, as sure. postpartum necessarily a disorder or depression, but I certainly would say it's a new stressor. But I can mm-hmm. see how it could lead to that. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. So at the beginning of uh, your story, as you shared it, mm-hmm. um, you talked about the first three months of my, my son's uh, life, Tommy's mm-hmm. life. And right there, you caught me. Um, so in terms of Postpartum, um, I, I want to say depression, but you were calling it postpartum. It can be a postpartum disorder. disorder. I I had postpartum depression. Okay, so in terms Woman. of postpartum um, disorder, does research confirm a standard time window when a mother would experience it? Meaning, you started your stories and story, and you you started it with this time frame of in the first three months. Mm-hmm. It can definitely last years. It can actually be. Um, triggered several months after the newborn months. So like some women can start feeling postpartum depression six months after giving birth. Um, So it's, I think it's up to a year that they would call it postpartum depression or postpartum Hmm. disorder. My experience was definitely, um, I felt the strongest for the first three months. Most acute during those first three months. Yeah, what I read was that Anything past six weeks is not the baby blues. Interesting. So does research confirm a standard duration of postpartum depression? Does it last an average of like a month or six months or does it last like two years or do they not know? The average that it lasts is three to six months. You could have your baby for six months and then all of a sudden find, uh, as a young mother, find yourself sinking into a a depression or some of the other symptoms you mentioned, like anxiety and so forth. And and then that could continue for for up to six months. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it like 
babies are changing constantly, right? And especially so, in the first year. Especially in the first or, year. Especially in the first six months. You start to get into a routine. And then as soon as <laughs> you feel like you've got it, that they kid is going to change you. it up Absolutely. on you. Yeah. So it totally makes sense that like after you've gone through several of these changes with your baby, you just get to the point where you're like, I'm just never going to get the hang of this. Oh, right. right. Or whatever if, kind of self-talk every, that might be. Yeah, what it, with every change, if you feel like you're, you're, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting this. Right. That could, yeah, that or could that lead that you feeling, down a road of, I'm, of. This is how it's going to be forever. Right. Right. I felt like that a lot. Like, oh, this is my life now. This is how it's always going to be. Yeah. And like, I can totally understand having a six month six month old and like introducing them to food and they're starting to move around and then becoming completely overwhelmed. At that stage. At that point, and being like, oh my gosh, this is my life now. Hmm. Well, initially, you also talked about the difficulty with uh, breastfeeding. Mm hmm. Um, so is there a direct link between uh, the onset of postpartum uh, disorder and and specifically breastfeeding? Yes. So yes. That, that's a thing. Mm-hmm, that is a thing. So th- in some ways that might be a relief to hear as a young mother to know, okay, any mother that str- is struggling with that may, may recognize, okay, this is quote unquote normal. Yeah. And to be honest with both of my sons, once I stopped breastfeeding, it was a – weight lifted. It was a veil lifted. Everything, not only like hormonally did I feel better. Interesting. But there was a weight lifted off my shoulders of, oh, I I do not have to be the only one to feed my baby. I can give him formula, but daddy can give him formula too. Grandma can give him formula. I can leave the baby for a few hours, and it's not all on me. So it's to it's feed almost like child. there was a uh, a relief of that responsibility that at least I'm assuming you felt it. Mm-hmm. Or you, that's what you're saying. But do most yeah. mothers feel that? I don't know if most do because I've definitely talked to other moms who really enjoyed breastfeeding, and it gave them um, it actually like gave them energy, and they really enjoyed it and really cherished that time. It did not feel like that for me. It was never a um, People talk about it being like a bonding thing. I felt very much bonded to my to my boys giving them bottles. And so to finally just to have my body back hmm. really felt good. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And of course, every story is going to be a little of different. Course. But if I didn't say it already, that I think the listening audience as well as myself recognizes uh, there's a certain – um, strength uh, that of you sharing your story Thank you. is there's your vulnerability and willingness to share that I think will empower other people to not only learn but also go okay I'm not alone and if she has this courage mm-hmm. to talk about it maybe I can go and talk to my my partner about it or get some medical help or, or so on so yeah. thank you for for having the courage and, and being willing to share with us so openly I would assume that this is a darker part of of this season in your mm-hmm. life. You said I was convinced that Tommy was going to die yeah. or get cancer. I'd imagined these terrible things. Do you think your catastrophic thinking fueled your depression or do you think the catastrophic thinking was a consequence of your depression? That's a good question. Um I think I think it was a consequence of my depression. Um, Tommy also had 
to back up that story, Tommy also had thrush, which is um, you see babies sometimes get this um, white virus in their mouth. They have like a white tongue or white white lips or something. Tommy had this, and it, it a lot of the times it comes from like actual childbirth, and it's a viral infection, and it would not go away. Usually that kind of thing goes away in a couple weeks. Well, Tommy had it for weeks on end. Um, and it got to the point where they started to do blood tests on him and they found that his white blood cell levels were low. And so, you know, not only was I starting to be convinced that he was ill, you know, seriously ill uh, prior to this, but now all of a sudden we were getting these blood tests regularly. And I'm thinking, oh, he's got leukemia, you know, or or some other blood disease that's going to take him from me. So I think it might have been a little bit of both, actually. I'm going to go back. I think that maybe I was already experiencing depression, and then this added on to that. Okay. If there's cyclical thinking to depression, and sometimes our thinking gets distorted because we're depressed, and sometimes we have depression because our thinking is distorted. Right. Right. So it, so if, if you better uh, understand that cyclical thinking – uh, if you could go back and talk to Stephanie, the Stephanie of that time, mm-hmm. what would you tell her? I mean, I want to say that I would tell her everything would be okay and everything would be fine. Um, but I don't know that I would believe it. I don't know that at the time anybody could tell me that it was going to be okay. I remember Jason, you know, sitting on the couch and rubbing my back and be saying, everything's going to be fine. We've got all the resources to take care of him, you know, we we can take care of this little guy and he's going to be great. And I definitely didn't believe it. So I don't so think just that anybody a, could tell me anything at the time. That says to me the, the, the depth of your depression mm-hmm. that even when people were seeking to comfort you, you, it was hard for you to even receive. Yeah, I really couldn't accept it. So you've mentioned the baby blues. Mm-hmm. Was... When your family uh, and, you know, I guess friends labeled uh, what you were experiencing, the baby blues, was that helpful? No. And (laughs) And if not, why not? Because it felt like it was diminishing what I was actually feeling. Dismissive? It was very dismissive. And while it was all good intentioned and I do not hold it against anybody, really I didn't share with everybody the depths of my thoughts. So you were holding a lot of what you've shared yeah. in, in the this podcast and the co- podcast before. This was all you were holding it in. Yeah. So a lot. So they didn't understand the depth of what Mm-mm. you were experiencing. Mm-mm. And so you know, I'd get teary at, at things, or you know, maybe start to talk about how hard it was, and it'd be like, oh, it's just the baby blues. Don't worry, it, it's okay. Everybody gets a little sad. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you don't even know. I haven't even, you know, told you the half of it. <laughs> like if you could go back in time and like coach them, mm-hmm. like based on this experience, this is what they could have done. Or what could you tell people now who are trying to support uh, a young mother that's experiencing postpartum um, depression? I'd say if you see a new mom who's struggling or, you know, Maybe you can just feel that they're going to get emotional or anything like that. 
I'd talk to them privately. Maybe if you're at something with them and there's lots of people around, maybe get them in a room by themselves and say, how are you actually doing? And I wouldn't put any assumptions on them. I also wouldn't dismiss anything that they're feeling. Just accept that, okay, these are real feelings. You don't need to be ashamed of having them. There's no reason to feel guilty for having any of these feelings. There's a medical reason for it. And there are resources and there's help. Whether that's would your doctor. Would you, would you have received that? I would have felt a whole lot better, you know, getting a hug and a, it's, a, it's okay to feel like this than, than I felt being told that it would just it's go away. It's the baby away. blues. Everybody yeah. gets it. That, that wasn't oh, enough. Okay. You mm-hmm. needed somebody. To- yeah. I needed somebody to ask me, are you really okay? <laughs> Can you say more about feeling ashamed and guilty? Yeah. I, um, I just feel like I had all the things and all the people right? Again, I had this beautiful community surrounding me, the binkies and all the things. And I had all the people, you know, So with with all the community and with all the resources, there was this sense like you had no right to have the feelings that you did. Yeah. Why should I feel like this? Why should I be sad? This is all I had wanted. How would you address that? I think recognizing that it's not about the things and it's 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 not even about your family support. It really is a mental health issue. I think that's helpful mm-hmm. because they, they say that a lot of healing can start when you first just recognize what the issue is. Yeah, it's like getting a diagnosis for something. What kind of help did you get? Uh, well, so when I went to Kaiser and I was filling out that questionnaire that yeah. I talked about you in talked the episode. Um, the, and you said you, you self-diagnosed. Oh yeah. You said that as you're filling out the form, you're like, oh, oh. well, I could tell as you told the story, (laughs) you know, I've had moments like that too. All of a sudden I have an insight like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, when you're filling out a form and you know what the right answers are, (laughs) (laughs) I could have very easily, it's a very basic form. Right. You could have lied. I totally could have lied. Mm -hmm. But as I was filling it out and I was being honest. I was like, oh, these aren't the right in my brain. I mean, right or wrong is not a. I understand. But this isn't. If I wanted to pass the test, yeah, I'd mark this, but I'm but. not passing. And so my doctor looked at it and like scored it in front of me. And so you, so you answered it. You uh-huh. didn't lie or anything. I didn't you, lie. You, you, that this was your almost your first play, place where you actually allowed yourself to just be vulnerable and, and yeah. get it out. Yeah. Get it out on paper. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is nice. It was somebody who doesn't know me, and I didn't have to feel all the guilt and shame and okay. all of that. Mm. Um, and she said, well, do you feel depressed? And I was like, yeah, I guess. She said, okay. And so she she referred um, – she didn't even, like, give me anything. This is how Kaiser did it for me, at least. She didn't give me any numbers to call. She didn't do that. She, like, put it in my file, and then I got a call the next day from Kaiser's psychology department. And then what we did is – because that can be a stressor, too. Like, oh, now all of a sudden I have to go to therapy, and, like, I've got this baby. How am I supposed to go <laughs> – so talk, talk, talk me through that process so what because she did other people may experience something is they like called this. me. They call you. They called me You're, and they I basically had therapy sessions on the phone for several weeks. And someone would just call you? Someone would just call and me. And just chat with you. Yep. And it was nice that it was just over the phone. I didn't have to right. look anybody in the eye. I didn't, didn't have, have to get, get in the dressed. Car, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so much of those first few months you're in your sweatpants <laughs> and you haven't showered and all of that. 
So to have somebody just call me and say, how are you doing? See, that, I, I think just hearing that is a relief. I, yeah. I didn't know how that would be handled to know mm-hmm. that it can be just that easy. Oh, if yeah. If people have the, the medical care and the insurance and stuff. And I, now there's all these resources out there, too. Um, just looking through my research, um, there's all sorts of postpartum sites that you can chat with people live. Mm-hmm. You can call and I mean, it takes you picking up the phone to call the number. Not that it would go away immediately, but, you know, two weeks out and four weeks out, you may feel better than you did if you didn't do anything. Exactly. So. Yeah. I remember like towards the end, they'd call and they'd be like, how you doing? And I'd be like, oh, I'm good. I'm doing really good. Hmm. And so eventually, like we just, the, they just they stopped, stopped calling. calling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it felt really good. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful to hear that side of the story mm-hmm. as well. One of the I had no ideas when you started talking about symptoms of postpartum depression and so forth. Um, you, you talked about anxiety. Mm-hmm. You talked about um, so there are th- things I, if you know more, I'd, I'd love for you to share. So you talked about postpartum OCD. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that piqued my interest. What does that look like? And what what is that a reflection of? Yeah. A lot of my um, research came from the book called um, This Isn't What I Expected, which I referenced in that first episode. And I think the example that they gave um, with the OCD was um, mothers who become really obsessed with like the germs in the house. So obsessively cleaning or like the binky falls on the ground and then it immediately has to be sterilized or thrown away or, you know, you got to go through all these um, steps to make sure that everything is clean. Um, now, obviously, there's a healthy aspect of your house being clean when you have a newborn and making sure that things are sterile and all of that. But um, postpartum OCD, there, um, it goes into the it, unhealthy zone. Yes. Like you're, you're processing on a level that's that's unhealthy. I am the mom who, like, the binky will drop on the floor, and I just pick it up and I stick it right back in my kid's mouth. (laughs) And so when I have seen that, I have made a judgment on moms and been like, oh, my gosh, just put the binky back in his mouth. Mm. Well, now I think, well, maybe there's something else going on. You know, you've never felt somebody judge you for just. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Right. You're the I've, other side of the spectrum. The other side of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe it's something to consider if you are around a new mom and there is like an obsess- obsessive cleaning going on. It it might be a little deeper than mm-hmm. just making sure the house is clean. Mm-hmm. What I also hear in that is that um, we don't always know right. what's going on and and to exercise grace in that. Like if that's how there's. Exactly. Doing their parenting, you know, as long as it's not in the unhealthy zone, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. You also talked about post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm -hmm. and that was a surprise to me as well. And uh, I think we chatted about this just a little. What? Where does that post-traumatic stress come from? So, again, from my reading, um, the example that I read about was a traumatic birth. So... Women, you know, you're you're pregnant for nine months and you're you're thinking about this day that your baby's gonna be born. And in our heads, or in my head, you have this like movie image of your baby being born and you're crying, tears of joy, and your you know, your partner is there and they are immediately in <laughs> love with this baby, and it's this beautiful moment, right. right, that you've dreamed up. And that you may have been thinking as a woman. You may have been thinking about this since you were a little girl about Mm. being a mommy. Mm. So there's all this 
built up um, expectation mm-hmm. of birth. Well, what happens when that doesn't go the way you planned? Mm-hmm. What if birth? Is, what if labor is extensive? I mean, labor can last days. Mm. Um, a friend of mine was just in labor for sixty hours. Mm-hmm. What if you have terrible labor? You know, vomiting, bleeding, all of these things can be part of labor that you do not see in TV. In the, in the daydream, yeah. Yeah, and it's they kind of prepare you in those parenting, you know, classes that you take before having your first kid, <laughs> but there's nothing like being in that <laughs> delivery room and then things <laughs> happening and you're like, "Whoa." And so birth can be a very traumatic experience. Um, I have a friend who couldn't talk about her birth story for several weeks after giving birth. And I was so interested. What was it it like? How did it Mm. go? And um, it was really difficult for her to share because it was traumatizing, Mm. you know. And then you imagine or there are situations the baby is born and they're immediately taken away. Um, for any sort of issue. So they're immediately taken to the NICU. Yeah, I mean, even being born, before being born, there could be complications exactly. in the birth and you have an immediate Immediately uh, they're taking the baby away. Or mm-hmm. the case where they take a, the baby away. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so you don't have that beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. And now you're in this place of, oh, I just gave birth and I haven't even held my baby. Mm-hmm. I haven't even heard my baby cry. They took the baby away before he even started crying. All of that can be really traumatizing. And so in your leak in your weeks um, postpartum, reliving that moment, yeah, um, all of that is scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank thank you for shedding light on on those things mm-hmm. uh, because again, it would not have been on my radar. Mm. Um, all right. So, last question. At one point in the last podcast, you said, "I felt sad all the time." You really, like, mm-hmm. you were locked in. Even as you were telling the story, I could tell you were going back to that window. Um, I felt sad all the time. And at the time, it seemed as if depression would, the depression would last forever. Yeah. So now, what advice would you tell a new mother experiencing postpartum depression? Will it last forever? No. Everything is just a face. Everything in those first you know, in that first year, like we talked about, is a phase. The baby is not going to be this little helpless thing for forever. It's going to grow up pretty quick, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, the baby's going to eat food. And so, you know, breastfeeding and the formula and the bottles, all that cleaning, all the stuff slowly that stuff starts to go away, you know, slowly you start to get rid of all the baby products and your house isn't overtaken with all the baby things. It doesn't last forever. Soon they're going to talk and they're going to be able to share with you what their problem, you know, the baby's crying. Not just talking. They'll, before they're talking, they're communicating, they're communicating what they need. What they need. That's what they want. I found that that was so much of the struggle. Intuitively learn what your child is. Yeah. Even before they have words, for sure. That's that was my experience as a father. Absolutely. And on on the opposite of that, like people did talk about like this mother's instinct that you'd get. Well, I remember the baby crying and being like, "What instinct? I have no idea what is wrong. He won't eat. He won't sleep. He won't 
he he's he doesn't seem like he's in pain. I don't know why he's crying. And so, yeah, like that that does go away. <laughs> the baby gets a little bit bigger. He is able to communicate. Your instincts do kind of kicked in. You get to know the baby. Right. At first, you don't know this little person That's at true. all. It's a new relationship in some yeah, ways. Yeah. You don't know them. You're just trying to you're just learning about them. And mm-hmm. so you do. You learn all these things. And and that's when the instinct comes in, you know. So what I heard you say most importantly is that it's not it won't like this no. season in life, uh, even postpartum depression mm-hmm. and disorder. It's not going to last forever. Yeah, it's a season. 